0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the clock has started for Congress to avoid another potential government shutdown. A look at the Pentagon's health system shows it may be dishing out more than it needs to on COVID vaccines. And FCC is looking to shore up wireless network security. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Senators James Lankford and Maggie Hassan are again pitching their bill that would trigger an automatic continuing resolution should Congress fail to secure permanent government funding before the fiscal year deadline. They're reintroducing the Prevent Government Shutdowns Act. The bill now has eight co-sponsors, seven are Republicans. The legislation would also restrict congressional and White House travel until members and staff reach an agreement on a permanent funding solution. Lankford and Hassan say they're reintroducing their bill now to bring attention to the upcoming fiscal year deadline. Congress has about two weeks to prevent a government shutdown before September 30th. Congress renews a drive to overhaul the treatment of animals in federal test labs. Federal News Network's Tom Temin has more. Veterans Affairs, the NIH, the Food and Drug Administration, and the Defense Department already have policies under which lab animals can retire, that is, made available for adoption by homes or sanctuaries, rather than euthanized. Now a House bill, dating from 2019 but reintroduced yesterday and called the AFTER Act, would make that policy apply government-wide. Sponsors are Pennsylvania Democrat Brendan Boyle and South Carolina Republican Nancy Mace. And there's already a Senate version. I'm Tom Temin. The IRS gets to help shrink the tax gap if a bill moves forward in Congress. Here's Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. The tax gap reform and IRS Enforcement Act would require the agency to create a fellowship program aimed at recruiting mid-career tax professionals from the private sector fellows would help the agency with some of its most complex audits and help shrink a growing gap between what taxpayers owe and what the irs collects senate finance committee ranking member mike crapo and house ways and means committee ranking member kevin brady introduced the bill it's a counteroffer to the biden administration's plan to increase the irs budget by 80 billion dollars over the next 10 years jory heckman federal news network. Lawmakers are also eyeing another big funding boost for the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. The House Homeland Security Committee approved $865 million for CISA as part of an amendment to the forthcoming reconciliation bill. The additional funds include $400 million to implement President Biden's executive order on cybersecurity, as well as $100 million for workforce development and education. However, the ultimate fate of the reconciliation bill is still murky in both the House and Senate. GSA and CISA are bringing back familiar faces in leadership roles. CISA says Kirsten Tote will be its new chief of staff. In that role, Tote, who was the executive director of President Barack Obama's Commission on Enhancing National Cybersecurity, will lead the planning, allocation of resources, and development of long-range objectives and provide strategic vision and direction for the workforce. Meanwhile, GSA is bringing back Waldo Jakewith, a former senior innovation specialist at 18F, to be senior advisor to Administrator Robin Carnahan. Georgia Republican Jody Heiss is still looking for more information on the federal employees detailed to the southern border. The Office of Personnel Management and Department of Health and Human Services issued a joint call back in March for federal employees to serve on the southern border. Heiss says over 1,300 feds served as volunteers during the height of the detail operation in May. Nearly 200 were at the southern border as of late August. Heiss says he's concerned about the workload those employees left behind while they were on their detail assignments and how their home agencies are filling in the gaps. Assistant U.S. attorneys say they're missing out on the salary boosts that other Justice Department lawyers receive. More on that from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. The National Association of Assistant Attorneys is calling for pay reform for some of its members. Trial attorneys at the Justice Department's litigation divisions receive salaries under the general schedule. But Assistant U.S. attorneys are paid under a different salary structure. The association wants the Justice Department to correct what it says are long-standing pay inequities between the two groups. Nicole Ligrisco, Federal News Network. The Pentagon's inspector general says there are signs the DOD's health system has been improperly paying medical providers for administering COVID-19 vaccines. In a management alert to the Defense Health Agency, the IG says it found signs that DOD's TRICARE contractors do not have proper internal controls over claims for COVID shots. Among the problems, payments being made twice for the same patient, patients being charged copays when the shots are supposed to be free, and providers getting paid for administering more than two doses to the same patient. Meanwhile, the Army is mandating that all of its uniformed members get vaccinated. Federal News Network's Scott has more on what soldiers can expect. All active-duty soldiers must be fully vaccinated by December 15th, according to the Army Surgeon General. Army Reserve and National Guard members have until the end of next June to get their shots. The service says if soldiers do not comply with the order, then they will be counseled by a professional. If a soldier continues to refuse the shot, then disciplinary actions will be taken, including ones that could be career-ending. The Air Force is working on a shorter timeline and requiring its service members to get shots by November 2nd. The Navy has still yet to release its implementation plan. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. U.S. Cyber Command is turning its attention toward ransomware. Its commander, General Paul Nakasone, says Cybercom is planning to surge resources toward the problem, saying it's increasingly a national security issue and not just a criminal matter. Nakasone tells the Associated Press the focus will be on sharing information about cyber attacks and publicly linking them to countries when they're backed by those nations' governments. The Federal Communications Commission is restocking a public-private cybersecurity board with a big focus on wireless network security. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has the details. The FCC's Communications Security Reliability and Interoperability Council is coming back to focus on fifth-generation wireless network security. Acting FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel announced the appointment of 50 members to the council yesterday. She said the body will include more participation from the public interest community after it had previously been criticized for giving private companies an outsized voice. The council will also be co-led by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency for the first time. The board's initial meeting is scheduled for September 22nd. Justin Doubleday. Federal News Network. The Army Software Factory's first two cohorts are in place, and a third one is on the way. Federal News Network's Jason Miller reports. The first group of soldiers and civilians the Army is training to be software developers are in place, and the second and third groups aren't far behind. The Army Software Factory is bringing in 8 to 10 soldiers and civilians at a time, with the goal of building a steady state force of about 200 developers. These soldiers and civilians would stay on for three years to learn software development skills and processes and to develop applications before returning to their camps, posts, or stations. The first five projects are focused on applications for people, logistics and maintenance, and tactical operations. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. And the Postal Service in recent years awarded more than a quarter of its contract dollars through non-competitive awards. The USPS inspector general finds agency contracting officers did not follow requirements to publicize non-competitive awards worth more than a million dollars in majority of the cases the IG reviewed. USPS awarded more than $7 billion in contracts last year and awarded $1.7 billion in non-competitive contracts that same year. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com, search Federal Newscast, and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White.